Section 3 of Piloting Directions for Gulf of Finland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Piloting Directions for the Gulf of Finland by John William Nori. Section 3 Directions for Sailing Up the Gulf of Finland. Vessels in entering the Gulf of Finland should always make proper allowance for the currents, for these generally are dependent upon the winds. Footnote. Captain Mitchell, late commander of the ship Anne of London, informs us that proceeding to St. Petersburg in 1825 and sailing between Hergland and Lavenshire during a heavy gale from the southward and eastward with a high sea, he experienced a current setting strong to windward and was unconsciously set on the island of Lavenshire, and the ship Flora, some few days previous from the same course, had unexpectedly been set upon the island of Pieni. End footnote. Are depended upon the winds, and thereby they are frequently driven with violence towards the Finland shores from the meridian of the Gulf of Botnia so far as Vibri Bay, by which vessels are oftentimes carried greatly to the northward of their course, more especially with southerly and westerly winds. It is also not generally understood that many of the islands, which are so numerously scattered about the northern coast, are magnetic, and divert the polarity of the needle, thereby confusing the mariner in his proper course, and occasioning many serious and fatal losses. We are not able to state the exact extent of this magnetical influence, but it has been found to affect the compass in a particular manner in the vicinity of Yussari, where the attraction has been so great as frequently to make the needle turn quite round. In navigating these paths, the mariner will do well to guard against this phenomenon, and by keeping at a proper distance from the larboard or Finland shores, avoid their destructive effects. Vessels bound direct to St. Petersburg will do well to bring the Dagerot light to bear south-south-east, distant about 15 miles. Their course will then be east by north, until Parkerot light comes south by west, distant about 12 miles. Then steer east-north-east, about 6 leagues, until Nargen light bears south by west, distant about 10 miles. Pursue the direction of east half-north for 7 miles, and then run direct east nearly three leagues, or until Churkskar light comes south by west. You will then be distant from the light about two and a half leagues, and may steer east half south twenty-three miles, or until you see Ekholm lighthouse bearing south by west. You will now find yourself four leagues to the northward of it, and may pursue your course due east six leagues. Then east-northeast half-east, five leagues, by which you will bring yourself in sight and abreast of the Hergland lights, bearing from you about east by north, distant two leagues. Having passed the Rotskar tower and light, leaving it about three or four miles to the southward, an east-northeast course for eight miles more will take you to the northward of Hergland, in from 26 to 32 fathoms water. Bring the lights south, 
and steer due east nine miles. Then an east half south course will carry you to the southward of the Summers or Summer Island, upon which a lighthouse is erected. And when this lighthouse bears north by east from you, distant two miles, proceed east by south forty miles. This course will take you to the northward of the seashore light and the diamond stone, when an east-south-east course twenty miles will carry you directly between the toll beacon and the London stone in the fairway for Kronstadt. The track just described may be considered the fairway, and was pointed out and recommended by General Leotis Pafariov, chief director of the lighthouses in Russia. The great advantage of following this track as nearly as possible is, first, that by so doing you will steer clear of every danger, and, secondly, that by night you will have the advantage of the lighthouses to direct you throughout, for they are now so judiciously placed that you no sooner lose the direction of one light than you find yourself within the circle of another. All this light commence early in spring, as soon as the navigation is open, and then continue till the latter end of May. They recommence early in July, and continue till the navigation ceases. But as the ports of Rivel and Baltic are frequently all the winter free from ice, all lights west of Rivel will continue to burn throughout the winter. All the lighthouses are lighted by reflectors, and in case of any unfortunate accident, the master of a ship may demand every assistance, and the officer at each lighthouse is bound to exert himself as much as possible for their safety. Should any neglect be observed by the mariner, either that the light should not be sufficiently bright, is lighted too late of an evening, or put out too early of a morning, it is requested that he will make his complaint thereof, taking care to be particularly exact in the month, day, and hour when such neglect occurred, in order that the journal of such lighthouse may be examined and the offender punished. But as there are numerous harbors and places of considerable trade on the different coasts we have passed, it will be necessary to return to Dagerort, in order to particularize them and the dangers to be met with more circumstantially. We have already described the lighthouse on Dagerort, the westernmost point of the island of Dager, and advised the mariner to keep at a distance from it when making for, or in steering up the gulf, on account of the shoals which lie off it. Hanger Light On the island of Janning, situated to southward of Hanger Head, a revolving light has been constructed on the old wooden beacon, elevated 100 feet above the level of the sea, which exhibits within the space of one minute one strong flash and two fainter lights. The latter are not totally eclipsed when seen within the distance of five or six miles, but the bright flash will, in clear weather, be visible at a distance of 15 miles. This light was first lit in July 1838. Neckman's Ground The first shoal we meet with is Neckman's Ground, about five miles in length and four in breadth, having from four fathoms to nine feet upon it. On its northern end is a white beacon with a blue stripe, and a broom with its branches downward, in six fathoms, bearing north-northeast half-east from Dagerer's light, distant about nine miles. 
the western point of Dagerod, southwest by west, 11 miles, and Cape Taki, east by south, 11 miles. Between it and the shore is a passage with five, six, and seven fathoms, but too hazardous for a stranger to attempt. Off its northern edge are seven, twelve, and further out twenty, thirty, and fifty fathoms, but about two leagues north-northeast from the beacon are some patches of broken ground called Vinkova, over which there are only four fathoms, though twenty, forty, and seventy fathoms are round about it. On the northernmost shoal is placed a white beacon and broom with its branches upwards, and on the south side a broom with its branches downwards, but no beacon. Apollon Ground The next danger is the Apollon Shoal, having sixteen feet over its shoalest part. On its north end is a white beacon and a broom, with its branches upward in five fathoms and on its south extremity is a red beacon and a broom with its branches downward, and the middle of the shoal lies northeast by east three-quarters east from Dagerot Light, distant ten leagues. In clear weather the Odensholm Light will just become visible at this shoal. Seven miles to the southeastward of the Apollon is the stable button, a small knoll having a red flag upon it. Over the northern end of this are three fathoms, but near the red flag there are only three feet, while between it and the Apollon are nine, ten, and fifteen fathoms. A beacon, striped red and white, is placed about one mile to the northwest of the red flag. Worms and Moon Passages There is a passage to the southward between Dago and Worms Islands, but little frequented by foreigners. Small vessels, having passed the stable button beacon and flag, may proceed southward towards Gresur, where they will perceive a beacon. This must be left on the starboard side. And nearly opposite is a flagstaff and flag placed on a small knoll. The channel is between the flagstaff and Gresur beacon. This passage leads towards the Gulf of Livonia, to direct you to which there are several other flags and broom beacons. And when you are arrived near the end of Moon Island, you will see a beacon similar to that of Gresur, having passed which you will be in the Gulf of Livonia. There is also to the eastward of Worms another small channel between that island and Nuku or Nakko Island, within which is anchorage in two or three fathoms. This will lead to Habsal or Habsal, already mentioned as a place of little note. The roadstead called Worms Road or Deep Haven lies between the northeast end of Dago and the northwest point of Worms. It runs to the westward of the Stapelbotten and has on its western side the Ankergrund. This is a cluster of rocks very dangerous at low water appearing just above the surface of the sea. The north point of Dago bearing west by north, the northwest end of Worms southeast by east half east and Jacker Islet south-southeast half-east. There is also a kind of middle ground lying nearly midway between the western side of the north ground and the anchor ground called the Bias ground. This is about two miles from east to west and has for the least water between one and two feet. There is a passage on either side of it into Worms Road, but the eastern one is much the safest and widest. Your course in will be south half-east, 
and as you near Wormsö, you will see a clump of trees on its southwest point. Keep those trees just open of the western side of the island, bearing south-southeast, and you will, with large vessels, have good anchorage with twelve, ten, nine, and seven fathoms water. Or bring the north end of Wormsö east, or east by south, its west end south-southeast, or south-east by south, and then anchor in seven or eight fathoms soft clay, and distant two or three miles from the shore. If coming into Worms Road from the westward, after you have passed the Vinkova bank, bring Simperness west by south half south, or west southwest, and keep it so until the west end of Worms comes south south east. Then the clump of trees will be open, and you may sail in as before directed. There is plenty of room for twenty sail of the line, and numerous smaller vessels. The sea ebbs and flows a few feet according to the currents, which are feeble and irregular, there being no regular tide, ships therefore always ride with their heads to the wind. Wood, water and fresh provisions may be obtained from Worms Earth in plenty. If coming from the eastward, from the fairway or Nargen, you should bring in Odensholm lighthouse south or south by east, distant four or five miles, and steer west-south-west half-south to clear the Apollon bank. Keep your lead going, and when you have run about four leagues on the above course, you will perceive the island of Worms about south by east. Then bring its west end to bear south-south-east, and follow the directions given above. Observe if you get into fourteen or fifteen fathoms with Udensholm east-north-east or east-by-north, and the west end of Worms south-south-east, you may run boldly in by keeping the clump of trees open or nearly on. But if you shut them in, you will touch the west end of the north ground. With the trees touching the west ends of Worms, you will find six and five fathoms, but with it open of the trees, you will have seven, eight and six fathoms. Udensholm Directly east from the north end of the Apollon Shoal, distant sixteen miles, is the island of Udensholm, upon the northwest end of which stands a fixed light, one hundred and ten feet above the sea, and may be seen sixteen and a half miles off. Between Udensholm and Splinthead is a small and dangerous rocky shoal, with only two feet over it, having a broom beacon on its northeast end, with the branches upward. It is called the Sundstein, but uh, near it are twenty fathoms. It is not therefore advisable to pass to the southward of Udensholm. New Grounds To the eastward of Udensholm is a bank called the New or New Ground. At its northern extremity is a white beacon and broom with its branches upward in four fathoms water, bearing northeast by east half east five miles from Udensholm light. The shoalist part of the new ground has but four and seven feet over it. East by south half south, about ten miles from the beacon of the new ground, lies the grass ground bank. Upon this is a white flag or beacon. The bank is small, having two fathoms over some part of it, but there are two spots or patches upon it generally above water. Between the new and grass grounds, are thirty to forty fathoms water, 
and between the latter and the Westroge, which is about two miles to the eastward, are twenty-six and twenty-seven fathoms. Port Baltic. The east and west Roge are two islands, lying parallel to each other and encircled by a sandy bank, so that there is no passage for ships between them. But to the eastward is a spacious bay, called by some Rogervik Bay or Port Baltic. The eastern or larboard light of the entrance has a lighthouse upon it at Parkerer, lighted by a fixed light, 146 feet above the level of the sea. To the northward of this is a bank of sand called Rogerwick Count, having a white flag on its northwest side and a red one on its southwest side. Its shoalest part has three fathoms water over it. Vessels sailing for this port should bring Parkerer's light to bear about southeast, distant three miles, and a south by east course will take them right in. This is an excellent place for shelter. The bottom, unless near the sides of the bay, is remarkably soft, and the soundings gradually decrease as you advance from thirty to three fathoms, the land all round being woody. At Port Baltic is a mole, about quarter of a mile above which is a sunken rock, on which is a floating beacon. East, three quarters north from Parkerer's Point, is Surop Light, distant about eleven miles, and midway between these is another point called Lagusa, having a reef running from it. The lighthouse is round, with a fixed light on it, elevated 136 feet above the level of the sea. Rönnskär or Porkkala Light On the island of Rönnskär, which lies south by west half west, about one one half mile from Porkkala Head, is a light tower, which was altered in July 1838, to a fixed light at 164 feet above the level of the sea, and in clear weather is visible 19 miles off. This lighthouse bears north half-east, 20 miles from Nargen Lighthouse. To the northeast of Surop Head is the island of Nargen, on the northern point of which is built a lighthouse, of the utmost importance to mariners navigating these seas. It is a round tower, 95 feet high, exhibiting a revolving light, three-fourths of the time being dark and one-fourth bright, and may be seen four leagues off. Revel or Reval Vessels bound to Reval will be particularly benefited by the above-mentioned light, as it will guide them clear to the Revel stone, and enable them to steer in the fair way for the Katharinendal light, which is built near the barracks at the top of Revel Bay, being placed in such a manner that it can only be seen when steering between the Wolf Island Reef and the 18-feet shoal or the New Stone, or Rangil's ground to the westward. A beacon is now placed upon the sand to the northward of Wolf Island, the appearance of which is engraved on the chart. Footnote. A second beacon has been lately placed nearly a mile to the northward of the above beacon, at the extremity of the shoal. These two beacons brought in a line show that the vessel is to the westward of the bank. End footnote. There is no passage between Wolf Island and the main. Vessels coming from the eastward with a fair wind 
will, by the Turkskar and Nargin lights, be enabled to run clear between the Revelstone and Devil's Eye, which, having passed, a southwest course will avoid the Wolf Reef, taking care not to bring Turkskar light to the northward of east half north, for by so doing they will come too near that reef. Keep on this course until you see the northern Katarinendal light. This enlightens no more than the angle of the fairway. It will first be seen bearing south two degrees east, but when it becomes south fifteen degrees east the light will not be visible. When south nine degrees east the light becomes brightest and you will be in the middle of the fairway. Continue this course unto the anchorage. By attending to these directions, a ship may not only sail into this bay with a fair wind, but best into the bay in bad weather and the darkest night, without the least danger. The following notice has been issued from the Russian Consulate General's office, dated February 9th, 1836. In order to facilitate the entrance of vessels to, or their departure from, the Revel roads during the night, between the shoals of the New Stone and Reval Stone, the Imperial Russian government has erected near the town of Reval, on the Luxbury Hill, a new wooden lighthouse, at the distance of 500 Saginis, 388.89 English yards, from the stone lighthouse standing near the Neville Barracks, and in the direction of south Nandrugiris East. The new lighthouse has been lighted since the 20th of September last, and will henceforth continue to be lighted by means of seven reflectors, showing a fixed light visible from north 2.5 degrees west to north 29 degrees west, at the distance of 20 Italian, 17 English, miles, to an eye elevated 15 English feet above the water. The said lighthouse is situated in latitude 59 degrees 25 minutes 47 seconds north, and in longitude 24 degrees 49 minutes 26 seconds east from the meridian of Greenwich. Its height, including the lantern, is 105 English feet above the foundation, and 210 feet above the level of the sea. Mariners are further informed that the new wooden lighthouse is called the Southern Katarinendal Lighthouse, and the old stone one the Northern Katarinendal Lighthouse, and that the latter has now seven reflectors instead of three as formerly. The light of the northern Katarinendal will remain a fixed one as before, at 125 English feet above the level of the sea, but from the 20th of September last it was, and will henceforth continue to be, visible from north 2 degrees west to north 30 degrees west, at a distance of 17 and 3 quarters Italian miles, to an eye elevated 15 English feet above the surface of the sea. End the notice. By the above notice it will appear that when the northern and southern Katarinendal lights are brought into a line, they will lead through the fairway of the channel. A ship coming from the eastward will, on approaching Wolf Island, see the Surup headlight bearing southwest or southwest by west, but hauling up to the southward, they will lose sight of it. 
This is occasioned by some places on the island of Nargen being cut and cleared purposely of trees, so that the light may be seen through them. Mariners sailing with a southeast wind for this place should be aware of this appearance, for their seeing the Suro of light does not denote that the flags of the Nargen shoals are under their lee, but that they are abreast of them. The shoal to the eastward of Nargen Island, upon the middle part of which there are but four feet water, has two white flags upon its north extremities, one being on the east, the other on the west end of the shoal. Nargen Lighthouse bearing northwest by west three quarters west, distant two miles from the northernmost flag. Further on is the Lotti ground, having two red flags or beacons upon it, one being upon the eastern side, the other on its southern end. The first is in three, and the second in a four one-half fathoms. From the latter, Nargen Lighthouse bears northwest for one quarter miles, the northwest point of the Wolf Island, east half north to one-half miles, and the Katarinendal Northern Lighthouse, south by east half east, eight and three quarter miles. There is also a small knoll or middle ground near the southeast end of Nargen, with a broom beacon upon its northern end. The southern extremity of the Nargen Shoal has a red flag upon it, and a white flag is placed upon the northern end of the middle ground. In coming from the westward, and intending to go into Revel Bay, you may go to the southward of Nargen Island, in which case we recommend vessels to bring Odensholm light to bear south by west, distant about six miles. A direct east course will then take you abreast of Surup light, which you should also bring south by west, distant nearly four miles. Steer southeast by south three miles further, or until the same light comes southwest by west, an east one quarter south direction will then clear the flag on the south end of the Nargen Reef, which, having passed, steer east-north-east, until you come within the angle of the Katarinendal light, or within the two lights in one, or hoist your colors before you pass the south end of the island, and a pilot will come off to you. There are two islands, surrounded with a shoal, lying off the western point of Revel, called the Karls. To the northward of these is the middle ground. The flag on the northern end will point out the situation of this shoal, over which are two fathoms water. From the flag or beacon, the northwest point of Wolf Island bears northeast half north, distant four miles. Katarinendal Lighthouse south southeast half east, and Surop Lighthouse west by south. There are twelve feet on the shoalest part of this ground. Ragnil's ground, or the new stone, having over it eighteen feet water, lies northeast of the Nargen light, distant four miles, and has two beacons upon it, a white one being at its northern end, and a broom with the branches upward, and a red one to the southward, and a broom with branches downward. These beacons are placed in five fathoms water. About one mile southeast by south from the red beacon is a white flag. The bearings from the white beacon are Nargen Lighthouse, southwest half-south, distant four one-half miles. The beacon on Revel South, east-northeast, four one-half miles, and Schirkskar Lighthouse, east three-quarter south, twelve one-half miles. 
The Revel Stone has a white beacon near its northwest end, and a red flag near its southeast part. This is a very dangerous bank with only four feet upon it. It lies east-northeast nearly from the Rangnils ground distant four one half miles, from the Nargen light northeast half east distant eight three quarter miles, and from the Jokskar light west-northwest distant nine miles. A beacon striped black and white is placed on some rocks that lie about half a mile to the southwestward of the shallow part of the Revel Stone. A rock has also been discovered three horses length from the shoal part of the same, bearing from it east-southeast. The Devil's Eye is another dangerous shoal lying between Rangnes ground and Schöckskör with a white beacon and a broom branches upward on its northern and a red one with a broom branches downward on its southern extremity. Over the shoalest part of this are seven feet only. It bears from Chukskar light west three quarters north, distant four miles, from the Revelstone southeast by east, distant five one half miles, and from Nargen light east by north, distant twelve miles. The new or new ground is a small knoll with three one half fathoms upon it. This has a white beacon and broom with branches upward to the northward and a red beacon and broom with branches downward to the southward. The body of this shoal bears from the Devil's Eye south-southwest one quarter west, distant two one half miles, from the Nargen Light east one quarter north, distant ten one half miles, from the white beacon on the Wrangell Reef west half north, distant two one quarter miles, and from Chukskar Light west-southwest half west, distant about five miles. Between all the above shoals the water is deep. There are also channels within and between the Wrangell Islands with good anchorage. But foreign vessels bound to St. Petersburg seldom frequent them. We shall therefore proceed towards Chukshkar. Chukshkar Lighthouse. This lighthouse is built on a rocky islet which is surrounded by a reef. It is 99 feet above the level of the sea and may be seen 16 miles off. At the extremity of its southeast reef is a red flag or beacon, and near it are 8, 9 and 11 fathoms water. The passage between it and Wrangell Island has from 19 to 47 fathoms within it, and to the northward there is also deep water. When the lighthouse on the north end of Nargen bears about south and distant two leagues, you may steer east-northeast two one-half leagues, by which you will avoid the Rangnils ground and the Revel Stone. Proceed on in that direction for five or five one-half leagues, or until Chökskar light bears south. You should then shape a course due east, which will lead chair of the Kalvoden or cable grounds, having passed which steer about east by north, and you will arrive at the northern end of the island of Hergland. The Kalboidan or cable grounds. From Chökskar light northeast by east one quarter east, distant nearly nine leagues, lies the cable ground, a dangerous shoal, about three leagues from the islands on the Finland shore, consisting of several sharp pointed rocks, parts of which sometimes appear above water. 
They are seven miles in circumference and are pointed out by three flags, viz. a red flag to the southward. Distant one one half mile from this red flag is a white one, placed on the edge of a shoal with only twenty-three feet water. This latter flag is but a little way, about one and one half mile from the Nanis or Nalis rocks, where also is another flag. These are very dangerous shoals, and not within the view of any lighthouse. It is therefore advisable in navigating this part not to lose sight of the lights to the southward, and particularly to get and keep the light of Ekholm in view. By so doing, you will have nothing to fear from any of them. Glusholm Light On the island of Glusholm, opposite the south point of the island of Bellingen, a lighthouse was erected in 1836. It is lighted with a revolving light, completing its revolutions every three minutes, during which period it is visible three times for the space of twenty seconds each time between north-northwest and west-northwest, with an interval of darkness for forty seconds between each illumination. The lantern is one hundred and twenty feet above the surface of the sea, and the light is visible twelve English miles to an eye elevated fifteen feet above the water. This lighthouse bears north by east, distant thirty miles from Ekholm Lighthouse. The Ekholm is a lighthouse with a fixed light, 75 feet above the sea, and may be seen 14 miles off. It must prove of great utility, as it not only enables ships to avoid with certainty the above dangers of the cable ground in their passage to Hoogland, or the chalk grounds in their passage to Narva, but also enables mariners to sail into Kolkavik, Papenvik, Monkvik and Kasperivik, more especially Monkvik, where vessels frequently run for shelter and where the anchorage is good. The Ekholm lighthouse is built upon the small island of Ekholm, bearing from Chökskar light east by south nearly and distant eight leagues, from the southern flank of the cable ground south half east distant six leagues, from Hogland north end west-southwest one quarter south nearly, distant forty-four miles, from Ruthshire lighthouse west-southwest thirty-three miles, and from the light of Narva west-northwest distant seventy-two miles. End of section. Recording by Bent Hirvonen, Finland.